0: You are listening to The Tove Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Tove Podcast. My name is Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of coming to you today from Life in Messiah Headquarters, where I am with my good friend and colleague in ministry jim melnick of course jim has been with us multiple times on the Tove podcast we've really enjoyed his insights about russia and ukraine and so forth and i'm so excited to dive into today's topic which for me is a really a brand new topic and that is about a jewish man named oppenheimer jim welcome back to the Tove
0: podcast thanks levi great to be back again
1: i must confess my ignorance here on uh, this gentleman named Robert Oppenheimer that you actually brought to my attention. But as it happens, really the world's attention, or at least the the Western world's attention, is on Oppenheimer right now because of a film that is about to come out uh, later in July of 2023 on this figure of Oppenheimer. So uh, the film's producer, Christopher Nolan, he stated the following, quote, like it or not, J. Robert Oppenheimer is the most important person who ever lived. He made the world we live in for better or worse, end quote. How do you respond to that, Jim? I mean, that Christopher Nolan knows his stuff, you know. How do you respond to that? Is is Robert Oppenheimer possibly the, one of the most influential people who's ever lived?
0: Well, it's certainly shocking to read it in the sense for us as believers, you know, because, um, he clearly was not the most important person who ever lived. Uh, that was our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, you can look at a lot of other great, uh, men and women up, up throughout history. I would not necessarily put off a in, in the top, you know, in that top rank, but he certainly was an extraordinary man and one who, um, you know, changed the world forever. But it wasn't just him alone, actually, and that's that's part of what I want to get get at through this, you know, discussion today. The reason, and this is my fundamental thesis, is the reason, the main primary reason that we have the atomic bomb today, is because uh, of one man, and that was Adolf Hitler. Hitler's persecution of the Jews led into a um, certainly the exodus of Jewish scientists from Europe, the greatest minds in Europe. And most of them, and many of them, went to England first, but then ended up here in the United States. And once the decision was made that we were going to the United States was going to pursue uh, the possibility of exploring how to create a nuclear bomb, they found that that were possible. These incredibly gifted Jewish minds, which included, um, you know, one after another, after another, after another, were, were ended up getting. Nobel Prizes in physics. I mean, almost all of, so many of them, uh, you know, were unique individuals, uh, some of the greatest figures in, in mathematics and in physics that the world has ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what, what Oppenheimer's genius was, I mean, he was, he was certainly a genius on the same level of all of them. He was able to bring them all together and say, okay, we got to solve this because if we, because the Nazis are going to do it, it you know, and, and we have to be able to beat them to the punch because this will be this will determine the outcome of the war of the war, and the future of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many of your listeners and viewers have seen um, the TV series a few years ago. It's a really long one. I haven't even finished it myself, but it's called The Man in the High Castle, and it's the story. It's just a TV series that, that shows what the United States might have been like. Had the Nazis and the Japanese won, that they would have divided the United States. They got the bomb first, met the story, because the, the Nazis did get the bomb first, yeah. And uh, you know, you know, destroyed uh, enough cities in the United States. The United States gave up, and you know, the world was a different place. And so that was the motivation of all of these incredible scientists who worked together under Oppenheimer's uh, genius administration. And you know, as they look back, I mean, there's probably. He was a unique figure in history that was able to, who was able to pull this all together. Um, There were other possibilities along the way that never, never came together. For example, in Britain, uh, the Brits were way ahead in some ways to begin with, and they were more committed at the first, but they never had an Oppenheimer that was able to pull it all together and to, and to make it work. And there are many other factors. This is a very complex and incredible story, but uh, yeah, part
1: of it. Okay. Fascinating. Uh, can you tell us uh, about the Hungarian conspiracy and okay. really h- how was the Hungarian conspiracy connected to the development of the atomic bomb?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting story. Now, when I, when I first started reading about this, um, you know, there's a famous uh, letter from Einstein, Albert Einstein, to President Roosevelt. In fact, it's considered one of the most famous letters, you know, in in world history, that where he urges Roosevelt to be begin development of a atomic bomb, or that the threat, there was this great threat. He said the, uh, from that Nazis would develop one, that we needed to start a program. Uh, we the United States, so the Allies needed to start a program to be prepared in the event um, you know because the Nazis could be developing one. You know Einstein is given credit for that, but it really was Einstein's uh, motivation or initiative at first. In fact. Einstein at first didn't think, uh, it could be done. In fact, he was skeptical that, that you know, that a bomb could be made, mm. but there were these three Hungarians and they're all Jewish, uh, uh, Leo Stillard, um, Edward Keller and Eugene Wigner. And they got together with Einstein and, and said, look, here's, here's the situation. Here's how it could be done. And, you know, I think Einstein was just sort of taken aback back and, and realized they finally, you know, they convinced them, look, you're, you're the guy. I mean, you're the guy with the world fame and we need you to write, you know, we'll write the letter for you or we'll compose it. We'll set it all up. If, are you willing to sign it? And Einstein was, and he, he was fine with it once it was all explained to him, but it was these three, three men behind it really that got the ball rolling. And so that letter was sent to Einstein. I mean, it says, uh, President Roosevelt, there's an interesting story. Uh, there's another Jewish guy who was one of his advisors and he was an economic advisor to Roosevelt, and he was carrying Einstein's letter uh, to the president because they wanted to make sure it was personally delivered. And Sachs um, tried to speak to the president one day, and uh, I think Roosevelt was tired. He said, let, let, Let's tomorrow have a breakfast or something. And he just wasn't connecting. And so the story is Zach went back and said, How am I going to explain this to, to the president? I got to get through to him. And anyway, now, so you know, after a good night's sleep, he comes back the next day They have breakfast. He, he, he comes at it from a different angle. And Roosevelt says, so what you're telling me is the Nazis could blow us up or something. <laughs> and he says, yes, Mr. President, whatever. And anyway, so he, he gets it. You know, Roosevelt gets it. And, you know, he thanks, he thanks Einstein. And, you know, but the thing is, um, I thought that started the Manhattan Project. You know, I thought that was sort of the the, the, um, the lightning rod for starting the Manhattan project and that wasn't the case at all it, it, it got Roosevelt you know interested it of course piqued his concern and um, you know but and they, they you know they started a committee and everything else but just like anything else I mean it was that it wasn't yet urgent enough they felt okay yeah this doesn't sound good we better look into it get some people together and explore you know and and that was you know what happened as a result of the einstein letter so it did have that impact but it wasn't the it really wasn't the spark that got the manhattan project going that would come later these were uh, getting back to your original question those those three were involved in the Hungarian conspiracy <laughs> and they and they were involved in the bombs development you know all along the way just an amazing story
1: yeah fascinating there was also a very important meeting in may of 1933. What was going on there? What was what was so special about this meeting? Uh, and what does it have to do with the atomic bomb and World War II?
0: Well, uh, I do mention this on my, in fact, anyone wants to go to my website, uh, com. I do have a uh, a link there to, um, I forget what it's called exactly, but it's a, it's a meeting with Hitler, or Planck's meeting with Hitler, or something like that. This was a a meeting between Max Planck, who was one of the most famous German physicists in the world. Uh, He he had an opportunity to go in and, um, you know, greet the new chancellor of Germany, Hitler, at the time. And he wanted to use it uh, to protect and defend uh, Jewish scientists and others who were under a vicious attack already from the Nazis. Political administration. So, you, you know, this is very early in, in, in Hitler's brain, uh, you know, of, of cruelty. It only sort of just gotten underway. And I mean, Planck was saying, if you do this, you're going to destroy German science. And we, we're at the top of the world right now. We're, we have the, you know, and, and Hitler reportedly said, you know, doesn't matter. We will destroy science if that's what, you know, we'll build it back. Basically, this was the this was the Nazi view. Mm. The Nazi view was that Jews were parasites and could not actually and did not actually contribute anything to world culture or science or I mean as crazy and as insane as that was, um, that was the Nazi view. That was the official view, was that the Jews could only be parasites and that's and therefore they had to be destroyed. You know, that that, that they could not come up with original I mean, it was the original thinking, creativity—the opposite of reality. so Hitler's view was that hey, anything these Jewish parasites can be doing, which is what he felt they were—you know, our German scientists can. Once we get the Jews out, we can train up our German scientists to uh, to take their places and succeed where they, what the Jews were doing, and or whatever in his twisted, demonic, you know, mindset. And and that was it. He destroyed. Uh, he destroyed. German science, that that's like, at least the physics. And what I say of why this is such an important meeting was that because if Hitler had been more of a pragmatist, if he'd have said to Planck, well, you know, you're right, let's uh, let's let these Jews uh, stick around for for now and uh, we'll use them to do the things we want to be done. And, you know, he could have forced them to be under pain of death or threats to their relatives, forced them to do things on behalf of the German state. Um, that might have won the war and changed the world, you know, forever. And then he still would have had the Holocaust. But I mean, but at the same time, that that was not something he was willing to do.
1: Mm. Fascinating, Jim. I want to uh, back up a second here because we may have some listeners who just have a very basic understanding of the atomic bomb. They have a very basic understanding that it was dropped and it basically had a huge impact on the war. Of course. What would have been the result had the United States not developed the atomic bomb? Uh, let's, let's assume Germany didn't develop it, England didn't develop it, the United States didn't develop it. Uh, I know that you don't have some kind of a crystal ball here, but how big of an impact on the war did that particular weapon have on World War II?
0: Well, this, this is hotly debated by historians, and I think the movie itself is going to reignite this debate. From those who have seen it already, the earlier reviews, they said, you know, a lot of people come out of the movie stunned. The general consensus, of obviously, among liberal historians and, and others is that, oh, well, the war was already, the Japanese rise, it was already lost, and they weren't about the, you know, the bomb was unnecessary, and so we had all these civilian deaths. That uh, you know were completely unjustified. So again, you know you can look at this from different aspects. Um, was it necessary to win the war? You know, probably not. But it would have been an enormous cost in American lives. And in comparison with other things that were going on in the war, like the just the the, the uh, regular bombing that was happening, uh, those were devastating. I mean, you know, from a moral standpoint, you can look at what else was happening is the you know, bombing of German cities and Japanese cities during the war and, and the, the high civilian tolls from, from, just, you know, conventional bombing. And I guess, you know, nobody really knew maybe what exactly was going to happen with this other bomb, this one bomb and how horrible it would be and how you know, devastating it would be. So, you know, there's more we could say on that. Sure. But.
1: sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for entertaining my speculation on uh, what, what would be the case today if that bomb were not created? What are some lessons here uh, regarding Oppenheimer, uh, all of these Jewish scientists that were basically, you know, kicked out of Germany um, and then went to work on on this bomb and other projects that they were involved in? What are what are some lessons we can draw from here?
0: Well, I, I think one of them is to look at the world from the standpoint of God at work with the Jewish people, mm. and I, that is that is the story of the world. In other words, um, you know, the secular world thinks it's going in a particular direction. That's not God's direction. Right. God has a plan. That plan is is um, you know spoken about and prophesied in His Word, the Bible. And you know, the Bible has very specific things to say about the Jewish people the goal of the Jewish people, the fact that God called them as a special people uh, to give us the Bible, to give us uh, the prophecy through the Jewish prophets, and then ultimately to give us the Messiah, Jesus, and also to um, uh, with a plan about the rest of, of, of mankind and the future of the world. So we'll begin there and say, okay, if, if that's all true, and I believe it's true, and most of our listeners believe it's true, then, how does this all fit into that plan? That's that's the most important question as we consider the film and in, impact on us today, because I think it, it teaches or may provide some very important reminders of, of, of why, you know why this happened and what this might mean for us in the future. So, the bottom line coming out of World War II was we had you know uh, the six million uh dead from the holocaust and we had the establishment of the state of Israel we have the atomic age and we had the establishment of the united nations and 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 you know different things like that in other words all those things came out of uh, the end of world war ii and you know, were the result of decisions that were made during the war and in the early aftermath of the war um and so we live with all of that today the question would be um You know, especially with respect to the Holocaust, I think the Holocaust, you know, continues to drive and sort of define so much of um, the worldview of American Jewry today. And it's it's also part of, you know, the wounds are very, very deep. And I think we're actually part of the division in American society today as a result of a misunderstanding of how Christianity is, how it all fits into the Bible and what God's plan is for the Jewish people and for mankind. Mm -hmm. Um, that could be the topic of of another, another, uh, podcast at some point, but with respect to the bomb itself, you know, my, my position is, or my view is that, um, it became, it, 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 it exists and came together in a moment of emergency of utmost crisis. And I think, excuse me, I think that's going to be, that's going to be, um, brought out in the film you know there's a time where they say you know this, we have to do this we have to do this because you know the nazis um, may are, are doing it too or could be doing it too and we have to beat them and so that sense of urgency drove drove all of this together and my question would be okay well what if the world had stood by the jewish people in those early days you know when they saw the kind of harassment and persecution that that they were experiencing in germany and just denounce, you know, denounced Hitler. Found try to find ways to stand up for believers who were helping the Jewish people at the time. We have to stand against anti-Semitism and and, and these kinds of hatred early on. But standing, but standing for the truth, standing with the Jewish people, and standing for typical principles early on. I think that's the lesson. And you know, in this case. Um, the world got a terrible lesson by not doing this. Yeah. And we live under, under the threat of atomic warfare to, our, to this day. And, you know, it goes back to that lesson. Again, not to, not to upset or frighten anyone, but you know, we are dealing with, with a, a terrible, a dictator in, in Russia today, Putin, mm-hmm. and who's, who's really out of control. And, you know, no one knows what he's going to do next. And, um, You know, we have uh, the threat from Iran, of Israel, again, using a nuclear weapon. And so the world is still an unstable place and very unstable, but we have a God who is the source of stability, and he is our only resting place. And we need to, you know, look to him for for guidance, but to realize that, you know, nothing that we do is going to, um, um, you know, we can't do anything in our own flesh or in our own power only if he gives us guidance and if we serve serve the God of Israel, the one who never slumbers nor sleeps.
1: That's right.
0: In the midst of the Jewish people and of his of his chosen one.
1: Yeah. That's right, Jim. Well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think uh, listeners, viewers would do well to really take that in and chew on it for a while, especially if it's a new concept for them. And I think again, one great way to do that is by uh, getting your own copy of Jewish Giftedness and World Redemption, The Calling of Israel uh, by our guest today, Jim Melnick. I know this book has helped many, uh, Jim, to see that God really does have a special plan, a special place for the Jewish people. Um, and so this this is a helpful book. It's biblically based. And uh, of course, folks can, can find this uh, likely on Amazon.com, but they can also go to your site. Is that right, Jim? And Again, remind listeners uh, the exact address of your site.
0: Right, thanks, Levi. Jew- jewishgiftedness.com dot and uh, you can click on through there, through to the directly to the publisher, uh, which is Messianic Jewish Resources.
1: Well, thank you, Jim, for bringing some fascinating stories, some fascinating connections, some obviously interesting historical information about the atomic bomb, World War II, and of course this very interesting gentleman named. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, a Christopher Nolan film, opens about Mr. Oppenheimer on July 21st. Uh, I've not seen the movie, so I can't officially recommend it. I don't know exactly what's in the movie. But certainly, uh, if Christopher Nolan is directing a movie on a certain character, uh, this is an important Jewish character in world history. Well, Jim, thanks so much again for joining us on the Tove podcast.
0: Thank you, Levi. It's been a pleasure today, and uh, wish you and all of our listeners and, uh, a great day today.
1: Yeah, thank you. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the Tove Podcast, you can find those on any major platform as well as over at lifeandmessiah.org. Just click on that Tove Podcast tab. Until next time, Shalom. Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org.